So now that you're done with Harry Potter, uh, what are you and Surf watching now? Um, we're not watching anything together anymore. Um, she's watching Grey's Anatomy. And I've started watching this new show, Hannibal. Oh yeah. Which was recommended to me. Yeah. It's a bit it's, full on. Yeah, my, my sister would watch it next to me. Yeah. And so I pretty much got the whole show. And I was going, this is twisted. And yet it's beautiful, beautifully shot. It's, it's like, um, it's, yeah, it's like a weird mix of, if you've ever watched like Mindhunter. I haven't. Okay. No. So that's like, yeah, it's like a detective yes. who's like super smart, you know, yes, yes. um, like supernaturally like in like insight into stuff. Yes. This is on Netflix, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's like a mix of that and Dexter. Yeah, wow. Ooh, like, yeah. I have watched Dexter before. Um, yeah. So it's a weird. It's a bit. It's a bit cheesy. It's not like high, high brow. It's yeah, more sure. Low brow. Yes. You know, but yeah, yeah. Watch well, a few episodes. My, my sister, my sister would say, James, come and watch this cooking scene. She's like, do you think it looks good? And I'd say, wow, it looks really good. She goes, that's a man's leg. Yeah. Oh. oh yeah. That's a that's a person's heart. Oh, yeah. So it's one of those things where I'm like, I'm not sure if I should keep watching this. Yeah. And I, yeah, see how it progresses. But yeah, there's definitely like a, there's a bunch of TV shows that try to get into the psychology of the criminal. Mm. Uh, Dexter was one of the first, um, not not the ones that did it because there've been shows that have done it for a long time, but it was the first like widely popular. One that did it mm. like the mind of the killer the mind of the criminal yeah um, why do you think people are so fascinated by these shows high violence high crime you know getting inside the mind of a murderer why is that so fascinating to people i think there's a number of things but one of it is the shock value mm. All right you know on tv you've done high violence you know strong violence you've done nudity drug use What's the next thing? Well, it's actually glamorizing the the insidious. Mm. Um, Viv was uh, telling me about this show on Netflix called You. Have you? I've seen. I've flicked past it. Yeah, it's uh, yeah. He's a psychopath who uh, gets very obsessive over women and is a pro at stalking through social media, and apparently is very popular. Mm. And then she goes, oh, there's a person getting killed over there. I'm like, oh, okay, thank you. Yeah, I think I'm, I don't want to watch the show. Yeah, yeah. That's right. But Surf's watching Grey's Anatomy. She is. From the beginning or from the... I have no idea. Okay. She's just watching it. And, you know, more of a tame show. Yes. You know, more laid back, more <laughs> chill. Although she says, like, quite dramatic. Yes. Like, unrealistically dramatic. And I do, like, the only... Like bits, I've only watched two scenes of Grey's Anatomy. One, what like I just happened to watch them, random scenes. So yes. I feel like they're representative of the whole show. Yeah. One scene was this girl who was one of the doctors in the hospital walked out. She slipped on some ice, and there was like one of those ice um, kind of droplet dagger things hanging above, Whoa. and it dropped off and it like stabbed her. Oh wow! What? That, that was one scene. Yes. Another scene is there was a guy with like a bomb inside of him oh, wow. and they're doing surgery on him and it blew up oh my goodness so if you're a fan of Grey's Anatomy maybe they're the two worst scenes that I possibly could have seen 
but I just happened to see both those. I things. don't know if they're representative of what the show was actually yeah. about. You know, a few years ago, um, there was this uh, article I saw. It was polling, um, you know, thousands of doctors, which medical TV show is the most realistic, you know? And so they had things like ER, Grey's Anatomy. They had um, House. Mm. And it's got to be Scrubs, right? Scrubs was voted the yeah. most realistic the put into a situation, you're the, meant to be the expert, but you have no idea what you're meant to do. Yeah. And that worries me, Pip. Oh, it kind of, it kind of <laughs> makes sense. It kind of makes sense. Yeah. It is, a, it is quite, yeah, that, especially those first couple of episodes, like yeah. in, into the life of an intern. Kind there of you thing. go. Yeah. There you go. Anyway, welcome to the Bible Boys. Um, we are not TV show... Critics. That's not our main thing, no. but it is a side thing. It's a we, side hustle. We do enjoy it. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Welcome, listeners, to another week, and uh, we hope that you enjoy some light entertainment mm. as we also ponder the serious things of God. Mm. 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 Mm, yes. Now, when you say light, okay, is that uh, as opposed to heavy things or dark things? Do you know what I mean? Heavy. 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 No, not dark. Yes. The, 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 they're not dark things of God. God is light. Right. Alright. But light in terms of the brightness, not light in terms of content. I feel like sometimes it's light in terms of content. <laughs> <laughs> in terms of what we talk about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not the Bible. No, that's right. Bible that's right. is... Yeah. That's right. That's right. That's right. Um, what have you been up to over the past week? On Friday, we had youth group socials, and one of our youth group... Um, uh, groups, they, they ordered pizza. So I thought, all right, cool. You know what? Let me go pick it up for you. You stay with your youth. You spend good time together. It's a social night, right? Mm. Uh, and so I went to Domino's and on the front piece of glass, it said, uh, 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 this, this store has a maximum number of people in the foyer. Mm. I looked inside the glass and there were seven people standing <laughs> And I thought, oh, well, my order's done. Well, sorry, not my order. The, the youth group leader's order's done. Um, what do I do? And I waited for five people to come out. And there were two people just sitting there in the foyer. And I knocked on the glass. And I tried waving. And they didn't look at me. And I felt very sad. Because I didn't know what to do. I guess, I mean, the staff are just expecting people to come in at that point. If they've disobeyed the rules, you know. Yes, that's right. Such wanton disregard for their own... That's plan. right. That's yeah. a shame. So did you eventually go in sheepishly and be like, push push past the people, <laughs> coughing everywhere, and uh, <laughs> the pizza? Well, I, what I did is I, I opened the door, and I like tried waving and saying hello, and I sh- shouted, hello, hello. Oh, no. And the guy at the cash register, he was on his phone. He wasn't even looking. Yeah. And then one of the managers came out and said, oh, just come in. And I said, oh, but your COVID safe plan says two. And he says... It doesn't matter. And I said, no, I think it does matter. There's no use having a plan if you're not going to enforce it. I actually said that to him. And then he let out this huge sigh. That oh. was very audible. <laughs> like, uh. <laughs> And he said, what do you want me to do? And I said, I kind of want my pizzas. This is a very Seinfeld kind of situation. It's like, you're a stickler for the rules, James. It's like, I'm not a stickler. I feel like it's fine establishment. If I'm paying money, I feel like you should keep me safe. It's, uh, we're living in a society, you know. We're living in a pandemic, people. 
Anyway, yeah. so I said, could you please bring it over? And he, and he did it. Nice. So, there you go. There you go. That's something that happened. You had social. I did have a social. What was your social? We um, just chilled out. I said no. I said, bring your own food, bring your own drinks, and we're not sharing. Okay? Because the... sharing is not caring in a pandemic. That's right. That's true. And we played FIFA. Nice. We played one of the older Call of Duties for a bit. Um, we watched some YouTube. Ooh. Just kind of random clips of memes, you know, trying to resonate with the youth. Get some, get <laughs> get some memes. Get in touch. Yeah, that's right. That's mm. it. Nothing noteworthy there, really. Mm-hmm. But um, on Saturday night, mm. I went to a friend's place for, oh, yeah. for dinner. And earlier on the Saturday, I messaged him, should I bring anything? Because mm. they invited us over for dinner. They, yes. they said they were going to cook something and, you know, this and that. I said, should I bring anything? They said, just yourselves, smiley face. You know how it is. And as I was walking the door, I realized maybe I shouldn't have taken that literally. (laughs) I was like, I too readily accepted that. And I should have considered bringing something. You know, like favorites or whatever they are. The thing you bring when you're told not to bring anything. You know what I bring when I'm told not to bring anything? What do you bring? Nothing. Nothing. (laughs) You take it too literally. That's right. That's right. Do you, if if you're going to a dinner party with friends and they tell you, don't bring anything, just bring yourselves. Do you bring something? Depends on who it is. Okay. There's a, is there an assumption that you would bring something? No, I think we know these people well enough that we're pretty laid back. Yes. You know? Yeah, so, I mean, it's, it's up to you at that point, but there's no obligation to. Mm. I think there is something about, you, know, you you could still bring something. I guess the thing that would stop me is if I know that bringing something would actually be detrimental to mm. the other people. So one of the ministers at St. Paul's, um, uh, actually, excuse me, <laughs> it's he's no longer one of the ministers at some point. Just some random guy. Because he's the bishop now. Oh, okay, right. On. Okay. <laughs> so he's got this um, a table, which is like the chocolate table. Yeah. Because whenever people come over, they feel like they have to bring chocolate. And so whenever someone brings, you know, like a pack of favorites or something, he just puts it on the chocolate table. Now at that point, if 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 he said to me, you know, don't bring anything, just bring yourself. And I went ahead and brought a pack of favorites. Mm. I would be unhelpfully. Yes, adding to a problem. Adding to the chocolate table. Yeah. So I guess it depends on who you're talking to. Yeah. Yeah. That's good insight. Yeah. Because I know when I tell people not to bring anything, I'm always pleasantly surprised if they bring something. Yes. You know. But if they don't bring anything, it's not like I don't think anything. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Um, But as soon as I entered the door to this person's place yes. I, I kind of jokingly said um sorry I, I took your message literally i didn't bring anything <laughs> i hope that's okay yeah and they kind of said oh that's fine and they kind of laughed it off but there's this little glint in his eye and i thought maybe it's not fine yes <laughs> maybe he's given you the evil eye that's right no 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 it was, so, all, it was all good um i remember when viv and i um our first trip back to uh hong kong and china to visit our grandparents after getting married um, my grandparents in Shanghai said, oh, you don't need to bring anything. And we took it quite literally. Mm. Oh, you don't, we don't need to bring anything. And then my mum, um, 
when we got back to Australia, I said, what did you bring? And I said, oh, we didn't bring anything. She said, why? Why did you bring nothing? I said, well, we got told not to bring anything. She's like, yes, but in Chinese culture, when you're told not to bring anything, that means you have to bring oh, something. Wow, okay. And I said, oh no, what did I do? I'm like, what, like, what should I have done? She was like, this is what you should have brought. This is what you should have brought. This should... I said, well, what happens when he says bring something? And then she said, that's when you double whatever he asks for your grandpa. Yeah, right. <laughs> it's like, oh. Or you don't bring it because t- it's rude to ask people to bring things. Mm. And so you flip it and you don't bring anything as a power move. As a power <laughs> move. <laughs> With my grandparents. I know you asked me to bring a salad. Yes. That was out of line. <laughs> it's <laughs> too pro- much. And in protest, I'm not bringing anything. <laughs> yes. Yes. Grandfather, grandmother. <laughs> That's right. No. It's too much. Come on. It's, you know, cross an ocean. That's it. Yeah, you bought plane tickets, <laughs> right? I mean, come on. That <laughs> yeah. was fine. Yeah. What have you been up to? Um, well, that's. I mean, that's basically it. going going to my um, going to my friend's place and and um, not bringing anything. But um, we played. We did play some video games that night. Oh, he was showing us his uh, N- Nintendo Switch. Yeah, nice. And we were playing um, Overcooked. Nice. One or two. Two. So we're like making making stuff run around. It's pretty good. Very good. Played some Zelda. Nice. Um, yeah, it's a good night. Wonderful. Anyway, I'm keen to know, James, what have you been reading in the Bible? Because we Bible. are the Bible boys. We are the Bible boys. After all. And that's what we enjoy talking about the most. It's true. So what have you been reading in the Bible? Well, I am giving a talk at youth group this week on the second half of Galatians chapter 2. Nice. So I've actually finished reading Galatians in my personal Bible reading, but... You know, spending a bit of time in Galatians chapter 2, yep. specifically verses 11 to 21. And this is the scene where Cephas, also known as Peter, is uh, eating with the Gentiles. And then a Jewish group from Jerusalem come and Peter shrinks away from uh, eating with the Gentiles. Mm. And then Paul confronts him to his face and calls him a hypocrite. Um, or, excuse me, calls out his hypocrisy. And then talks about justification through faith alone, apart from works. And working on the passage, you know, it was wonderful to be reminded again of the truth of how in Christ, we don't need to work for our declaration of righteousness. It is a gift. Um, As verse 21 says, I do not set aside the grace of God, for if righteousness could be gained through the law, Christ died for nothing. If we could actually work for righteousness and a perfect declaration, then why did Jesus have to die? Why did God show us his grace if it would be possible? But the thing that really struck me, Pip, is a reminder that this doctrine of justification through faith alone actually comes up in the context of a communal uh, dispute or a a dispute over the way in which you're meant to relate as a community of God's people. Mm. In other words, Paul brings up this doctrine in the midst of a communal matter, saying that you're not actually living with one another uh, properly. Mm. Peter, you're not relating with the Gentiles as you should. Which is fascinating because I can't remember the last time I heard a sermon that related justification through faith alone explicitly with the way in which, as a community, we're meant to relate with one another as Mm. brothers and sisters. I've read a few articles on it. Um, I've read a few commentaries on it. Mm. But seeing that link, because in this passage I've heard preached before, it's just very much a 
have you been saved? You need to you know, trust in Jesus without works, which is absolutely true. Mm. Mm. But then the application in this passage is about that because you're all justified through faith alone, you have no reason to cause these divisions with one another. Mm. In fact, you should be united in Christ. Mm. Anyway, so that's what I've been thinking awesome. about. Do you think like the reason that that connection between justification by faith alone, grace alone, and into like community, unity and harmony, the reason that that's not brought up heaps is because this is maybe this is being written into a context where there's Jews and Gentiles, and the Jew and the Gentiles are supposed to appreciate and believe and understand the law, or at least come into that understanding. The Jews already do, and at the same time, the Jews are supposed to, uh, I guess, let go of the law in a sense, let go of the at least the practice of the ceremonial law because it's all been done. And there's, there's that weirdness in that kind of Jewish-Gentile mixed community. Whereas in our kind of situation, there's not really that mix of Jew-Gentile. It's just hmm. Gentile and we all kind of get on with the justification by grace and there's no, there's no like, you know, f- faction within our church being like, well, what about the Old Testament law? Aren't we still supposed to be hmm. circumcising? And I mean, yeah. Yeah, no, yeah. I, th- I think so. I think you're right in that the the divisions that the Galatians uh, were experiencing are probably not the same divisions we're experiencing. I guess the reason I bring it up is because we're trying to understand the, the flow and the logic of what's there. There's a sense in which we need to see that, at least in chapter 2, because in chapter 3, he sort of makes a shift directly to talk to the Galatians. And, and you're actually preaching on that passage next yeah, week. Yeah. Um, in, in chapter 2, in the second half, he does bring it up in the context of Peter's hypocrisy in the way he relates as a community, uh, in the community. And I think, therefore, preaching it, you need to apply it to, well, are there hypocrisies that we have mm. as the community of God's people uh, in the way we relate with one another? Where, you know, yeah, sure, we're actually brothers and sisters, but I don't really want to associate with those people because I don't really feel like I'm united with them. Mm. Or I don't really think that you know they're worth my time because you know whatever it may be are there divisions that we have in our community where we may feel connected to a particular group of people and want to neglect another group of people or even shun another group of people Mm. um that we think are more determinative than the fact that we're united in christ Mm. we're actually justified as god's people uh in christ um do we think that um and, and actually, you know what? Forget um, our local church for a second, more widely. When we think about other Christians, are there certain Christians who we would say, no, I can't be seen to associate with them because if, if I am seen to associate with them, then this other group of Christians will think I'm, I'm actually, uh, you know, going liberal perhaps or, or letting go of Jesus or, you know, mm. I'm doing the wrong... You know what I mean? So I guess, yeah, yeah. do we cast judgments on one another based on our communal associations? That, that become more powerful than the fact that, no, in Christ, we are declared as righteous. We are mm. accepted before God. Mm. I think that that would be just another dimension to what we see here in Galatians that doesn't get picked up again, at least in quite the same way. Maybe you have something at the end of chapter 3 about that, but this idea of communal association mm. isn't explicitly found for the rest of Galatians. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Oh, chapter six, bear with one another. Anyway. Yeah. yeah. But I guess one of the, one of the challenges in 
preaching these yes. passages is getting people into that world, into yes. that world. Yes. And yeah, transport. I mean, so much of the New Testament letters are about this tension, you know, of yes. the Jew Gentile tension, um, faith versus works, and getting people into that world is really important in preaching. Hmm. Um, yeah. Like the passage. So yeah, the passage I'm preaching on, which is. Chapter three, Galatians three one to nine. Um, it's interesting again because he he kind of he's Paul's frustrated with the Galatian church because mm. he's like you so quickly abandoned the justification by faith mm. teaching um, and you've you know straying to this idea of works based righteousness and then he goes to this like pop culture reference Abraham you know? <laughs> pop culture yeah that's right Love it's it. like everyone knows everyone knows Abraham so let's think okay Abraham everyone wants to be like Abraham yeah you know that he's he's the guy where this whole circumcision thing started right mm. but was that the first thing that made him right with God no he had he was a guy who had faith in God he mm. believed in God yes. and went where God told him to go and was willing to make big sacrifices in pursuit of trusting God and following God. Mm. And then circumcision came later. Mm. Um, but again, to, uh, preaching this to youth, yep. many of many of who like didn't grow up with their Abraham stories mm. don't really know Abraham. You've got to kind of, he's not a pop culture reference yes. for them. And so you've got to, ex- you know, explain. Abraham was like, you know, Logan Paul. No. <laughs> <laughs> Goodness. Not like him, Paul. Um, he was like, um, you know, who's a, uh, you know, Kanye West. Not quite, you know. He was a select, like, everyone, people knew Abraham. They want to be. Let's say Michael Jackson. A big deal. A big deal. It was a big deal. The Beatles. The Beatles. There you go. Michael Jordan. Yes. Abraham was the Michael Jordan. Sure. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. Oh, that's a, an interesting, I just thought of an analogy, right? Okay. I just thought about... Abraham having a shoe line called Air Abes. But anyway. <laughs> Air Abes. Sorry, continue. Abraham. <laughs> Abraham. Abraham. Um, you, oh, yes. You'll be the heir of... Anyway, Sorry, um, I cut you off. No, you that's go. cool. <laughs> like, people who want to be good at basketball mm. and who think that just by bu- buying Air Jordans and wearing Ooh. Air Jordans think that they pe- can be good at basketball. It's yes. kind of like... Someone who thinks they can be circumcised and that makes them hey. right with God. There you go. It's not true. You gotta have, well, I mean, it's belief, but you gotta have the 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 kind of determination, passion that Michael Jordan had, as well as the yes muscular, you know, <laughs> skeletal, genetic advantages. You gotta be like Mike. You gotta be like Mike. Yes, but it's not the same because to be like Abraham isn't to have the muscular and the determination yeah, right. passion. It means to have the faith of Abraham. Yes, that's right. That's it. So there you go. Yeah. I feel like you could use that next week. It's 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 something. It's something. Yeah. There anyway, you go. What have um, you been reading? Pip? So I've been I've been looking at that passage for you know in prep for the talk for soul. Um, so that's that's been really good. I've also been um, tonight. I'm starting this reading group, reading through yes. Luke, and so um, the first session is the first six chapters, but I'm only going to read like the first two or three chapters and kind of put the challenge out for people to read the next few chapters for themselves and mm. to come back the following week and ask any questions they have and um, just as an exercise and kind of hearing it 
as well as reading it for themselves. Yeah, nice. But one, okay, so one, just this really small thing that I wanted to bring up. Sure. All right, Luke chapter one, verses one to four. Um, you know, people will often go to this passage to kind of say, you know, Luke was legit. Luke was, you know, credible. Um, so it says, in as much, so this is the beginning of Luke's gospel. It says, mm-hmm. in as much as many have undertaken to compile a narrative of the things that have been accomplished among us, just as those who from the beginning were eyewitnesses and ministers of the word have delivered them to us, it seemed good to me also, having followed all things closely for some time past, to write an orderly account for you, most excellent Theophilus, that you may have certainty concerning the things you've been taught. So, okay. So I, th- I feel like I've read this passage heaps of times, but two things stuck out to me, mm. questions that I don't have answers to at the moment. One is verse one, where he says, many have undertaken to compile a narrative of the things that have been accomplished among us. So Luke is writing at a point in time where he already knows many people have tried to compile a narrative of Jesus' life, death and resurrection. But we, we have like Matthew, Mark, Luke, John. Mm. So what happened to those other attempts? Mm. Do you know what I mean? Yes. Um, from what I know from the first century, I don't know of any other accounts from the first century that we actually have access to. I know of some from like the second and third centuries, but I don't know of any other like, you know, gospels that weren't, didn't make it into the Bible from the first century. So that's really interesting to yeah. me that other people were writing. The other question is that Luke had followed all things closely for like for, for some time past. When did that time start, I wonder? Mm. Because Luke wasn't one of the um, 12. No. And he, but he was a close um, like companion of Paul. Yes. As he traveled in Acts. I do wonder, like at what point, how did Luke know these guys? Like, how did Luke come into the fold of the disciples? And, you know, how did he get access to those eyewitnesses? And he, like, would he have lived in the same region Mm. if he was able to go and get access to those eyewitnesses? Did he travel from elsewhere? Did he, you know, did he see Jesus crucified? Yeah. Yeah. Those questions come to mind for me. It's a really good question. I remember the last time I was reading Acts. You come with me to Acts 16. Yeah. Um... There's an interesting thing that happens in the language of Acts where, you know, from Acts 1 all the way to Acts 15, there's, you know, Paul did this and then Peter did this and Paul and his companions and, you know, Peter and so on and so forth. So you notice, for example, um, you know, verse 6 of chapter 16 of Acts, he says, Paul and his companions traveled throughout the region of Phrygia and Galatia. And then verse 7, when they came, right? Verse Mm. 8, so they passed by. Then, look at verse 10. After Paul had seen the vision, we Mm. got ready. And then for the rest, or uh, I I don't know if I can say for the rest of Acts, but for most of the rest of Acts, there's the we language. Right. So it's interesting where you've got Paul and his companions, Phrygia and Galatia, which is like modern day, in modern day Turkey. Then you got verse 7, they came to Mysia and Bithynia. And then verse 8, down to Troas. Verse 9, Paul had a vision of the man of Macedonia. Verse 10, we got ready to leave for Macedonia. So, Luke 
you could infer Luke started joining them at Troas. Right. That's interesting. Yeah. That is interesting. But if he joined them at Troas... Oh, yeah, no, just inferring it based okay. on the, yeah, yeah. Yeah, the pronouns yeah. here. Yeah. Because I'm wondering, do after Act 16, do they make any return to Jerusalem? Uh, oh, dear. I'm just wondering. I've, I've forgotten now. Because when, when, <laughs> when Luke says he's investigated the eyewitnesses... Yes. Like, he's, you know... Is he referring to just maybe Paul and Peter? Because Peter was in Rome as well, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, I don't remember exactly. I mean, presumably because at the end of Acts, you know, you've got Paul under house arrest. Um, Luke would have been traveling with Paul for a while. And so mm. a lot of things that Paul and his companions knew about, Luke would have been able to, to gain knowledge about. Yeah. Um, excuse me. Um, but yeah, I mean, I guess it doesn't answer your question about, you know, like which eyewitnesses did he yeah, talk to? Yeah, yeah. But it does, I think in Acts, it's clear that at least for a good deal of time, Luke was traveling with Paul and his companions and was able to gain the knowledge that they had. Yeah. Um, and then maybe, you know, after Paul was in house arrest, Luke was like, all right, well, I'm going to go to Jerusalem. I'm going to. You know, do my thing. Um, it's interesting that at the very end of uh, Paul's life in um, 2 Timothy, Luke is back with Paul. So in 2 Timothy chapter 4, um, Paul is in prison having gone through um, uh, a trial. And then in verse 11, he says, only Luke is with me. Mm. Um, it's interesting as well, his next sentence in verse 11, where he says, get Mark and bring him with you. Because he is helpful to me in my ministry. Is that the mark? Probably the mark. Wow. Good. Which, if you remember in Acts, like, one of the reasons why Paul and Barnabas had a dispute was yeah. over Mark. Yeah. Because yeah, Paul yeah. didn't want Mark to come anymore. Yeah. Uh, and Barnabas did. And so they split over that. Yeah. And Mark, also known as John Mark, went with Barnabas and then presumably, like, hooked up with Peter. And then here at the end of Paul's life, he's like, Luke's with me. Can you bring Mark as well? Because he's useful to me. Yeah, yeah. So, like, you know, over the course of those years, maybe at that point, Mark wrote his gospel. And Paul's like, yep, that dude's all right. And bring him over. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I get so yeah. confused because there's, like, there's Mark and John Mark. John Mark and Mark, same person. Oh, they are? Same person. Okay. At, at least as I understand it. Yeah. Right, yeah. Right. And then there's, so it's like, did John Mark write the Gospel of Mark or the Gospel of John? No, that's another John. Yes. There are like heaps of other Johns. Yeah, that's right. That's who wrote right. all the 1 John, 2 John, 3 Revelation? Was it all the same John? That's right. I get confused about those things. That's right. So, yeah, I mean, I think that there's a, there's a lot of companioning and actually crossing paths. And presumably around this point, yeah, they, you know, Paul's about to die. Um, there's persecution happening. It would make sense that authors like Mark and Luke are going it's important for us to be able to write down what's happened mm. um, as scriptures. Mm. Um, yeah. yeah. I also love how like Paul was like, no, nah, I'm not vibing Mark. This <laughs> one. It's like a boy's trip. And it's, like, and it's like, Mark's always like, you know, come on. He's always texting his girlfriend. <laughs> he's, he never wants to, you know, do anything fun. He always forgets the donuts when we have our yeah, meetings. That's yeah. right. Come on, Mark. That's right. And then Mark goes away, writes a gospel. Yeah. Yeah. All right. You're it's cool. Come back. It's cool. Come back. Come back. Yeah. Come back. Yeah. yeah. I'm really excited about this reading group. Yeah. 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 So yeah, my hope is to have 
a handful of people that would be cool. Yes. I have no idea how many we'll get, but yeah. we'll see. Just on the many have taken uh, undertaken to draw an account, um, have you read much on source criticism or source theory before? A little bit. And much of it I skim over and I'm just like, no, that's for another time. <laughs> do you know what I mean? Yep, yep. That's do, right. do, you, do you ever read things and you're like, there's no point in memorizing that because yes. that's not for now. Like, I'll yes. learn that later. Yes. But um, yeah, so like, Matt, there's there's significant crossover between like Matthew and Luke and is the idea that they came from a like a, a source. There's like Q. I'm going to throw Q out yep, there. Q. That's, that's a source. Right. Yes. Well, the idea is that actually Matthew, Mark and Luke, um, the theory goes that uh, they have actually compiled a number of different sources into particular accounts, which is why uh, there's a lot of crossover between Matthew, Mark and Luke. It's actually because they had different sources that they were working with together, um, which is how these sorts of things were done before, which is, and you can actually get this from Luke saying, I've drawn up an orderly account based on, Mm. you know, a lot of eyewitness testimony and, and, and many have undertaken to draw up an account. Mm. Um, and actually, it helps explain why there are so many similarities between Matthew, Mark, and Luke. But then, once you are aware of the similarities, you go, oh, why are there different ways that things have been mm. put forward? And that's quite profound to be like, actually, there's a really good reason why we have four Gospels mm. and they give us different portraits. Not different different Jesuses, no, but different perspectives. I think of it like a, like a diamond how you can have the one diamond, but depending on which angle you look at it, you get a different perspective on the mm. same diamond. So, yeah. yeah, that's a good way to think about it. Yeah, it's the same thing. It's a, it's a different aspects of the the beauty of in the you know the color of what's happening. Yeah, yeah that's right. That's right. So like the way that I'll give you one example of like the way I've sort of seen this as well is mm. that the way that John writes his cross account. Um, there's very much a like uh, Jesus is the the king of the world. There's a global aspect to it, um, including fulfillment of scripture. So this Jewish king is the king is God's king of the whole world, mm. and he's being enthroned as the king of the whole world. There's actually hints in John's cross account mm. that you can get that from Matthew's one. There's actually a very strong emphasis that. Uh, the Jews are killing their king. Mm. There's a very strong focus. There are certain things that are there. Like that, this is actually a, almost a repeat of the Old Testament where they've re- they're actually rejecting uh, God's ordained leader they have mm. for them. And they're like going to bear the punishment for that, which is exactly what we see in the Old Testament as well. Mm. And so it's, it's, you know, which one's correct? Well, both are correct, mm. but the different angles on the same thing. Mark, there's a strong suffering motif, like suffering servant motif. Um, yeah. Anyway, so it's just interesting. It's really cool. Yeah. Yeah. Looking nice. forward to learning more about this in the future. Yeah. Yeah. Good day. Do we have anything in the email inbox? Yes, we do. Oh, we actually do? We do. Okay. We have two things in the email inbox. Oh, my goodness. Two emails. That's right. One serious, one not so serious. Okay. Which one do you want first? Um, let's go to the light. What, what's the not so serious one? For those who want to send in an email or a comment or a question, you can email us at the Bible Boys 
at gmail.com. And that's the Bible Boys with a Z, a Z, a Z. not an S, a Z or a Z. Alright, so the one that's not serious is from Rosa Anyaku. An- Anyaku? Mm-hmm. Am I yes. pronouncing that correctly? Mm. Yep. <laughs> I don't want listeners to think that I'm being insensitive to no. people. I'm trying my best here. Um, she's like, hi, Bible boys. I've really appreciated seeing your tracks. If you would like to learn how to expand your audience, <laughs> 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 click on this link. <laughs> so there you go. Thanks. <laughs> how would you like to respond? I can say... In future, can we just disregard those? Can we not read those messages out, please? Because I like seeing your facial expression. I'm so disappointed. I'm like, please don't be a bot. Don't be a bot. Oh, it's a bot. All right, here we go. Jack has uh, emailed us. Okay. Hey, PNG. Jay, thanks for having me on the podcast the other week. Oh. It was a great joy. Oh. It was good to have you, uh, Jack. I'm wondering what you guys think about the practice of saying, say hi to X for me, or similar, at the end of a social gathering. Recently, I was visiting a friend, and as I went to leave, he said, say hi to Katie for me. And it got me thinking on the drive home. How should I respond in that moment? I could have said, will do, and you say hi to Jess, his wife, for me. But such a bland reciprocation would feel a bit inauthentic. I didn't come up with such a request myself. I'd only really be saying it out of politeness. Mm. Does that make this saying a bit of a power move. You must be the first to express your concern to pass on greetings to the other's significant other, lest you have no right of reply. Mm. Finally, if I'm going to say I will say hi to Katie for him, I want to keep my word. But something feels a little hollow about getting home and telling Katie that such and such said hello. Is there a a better way forward? Yours awkwardly, Jack. Ah, excellent. What What a great question. Jack, that's awesome. Um, now I've got a confession to make, which is that I'm a serial offender when it comes to saying, "Oh yeah, I'll say I'll say hi to Soph," and I never do. <laughs> and people say, "Pass on your love to your parents. Pass on your love to Soph." I'm like, "Yeah, no worries." Never happens. <laughs> I don't think I've ever passed on any hellos in my life. There you go. So See, I I recently passed on a hello for Viv. Yeah. And she said, oh, hi back. And, then and it's I, like, well, what, what am I, I messaging now? <laughs> am I supposed to am message I the messenger them? boy? Yeah. 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 I, you know what? I heard, in t- speaking of power moves, I heard a really strong power move once where I wasn't in this interaction. I was listening to it. And mm. two people were talking. And one person said, oh, say hi to, you know, your significant other for me. Mm. And the person said, oh, you can say hi to her yourself. Mm. I was like, whoa, whoa, that's that's a little bit aggressive. No, but it didn't come across as aggressive at all. Okay, like I was like, whoa, and then like, oh yeah, you know, I think I will, and I send a message, and I was just like, whoa, that was that was very impressive. Ah, that's great. So you put it back on them. You put it back on them. You should just te- you should just text them, say hi, and that she'd they'd love, love to that. hear from yeah, you. Yeah, that's right. That's yeah. right. So maybe Jack, that's something you could do. But I guess you know, Jack, you got to work on your delivery. Mm. Because if you don't work on your delivery, it could come across as very um, aggressive. Mm. You you say hi to her. Mm. <laughs> yes. Yes. Another power move might be just to say no. <laughs> <laughs> 
Oh, can you say hi to Katie for me? No, I'm not going to do that, actually. <laughs> That's a very Jerry sign. <laughs> yeah. yeah. No, yeah. no, I don't think I will. No. I don't think I will. She won't like it. There have been times, actually, when I've... I'm not going to name names, but I have come back to Sophie and said, oh, this person, you know, this, you know, um, you know, this person wanted to say hi. And so it's like, I don't care. No. <laughs> Really? Yeah. Wow. No, I, I, I don't know. But I just made it up. Maybe I just I made it no, up. No, see, I could see self... I mean, you know, obviously you know self better than I do. But I could see self being like, oh, that's nice. Yeah. And then, like, moves on straight yeah, away. Yeah. <laughs> so she's like, oh. Okay. Cool. Yeah. 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 There are but, a few yeah. Yeah. but, you know, I mean, for Jack's first one, like, what do you do in that situation? Like, if you want to be, you know, polite and mm. someone does ask, mm. do you think... Like, would you, would you do it? You go, out of politeness, just say, oh, yeah. Yeah, just I say, will. I'll just say, will do. Yeah. And then it's up to you if you do or not. Yes. But that's lying, Pip. <laughs> I know. I know. I can't. But my, okay, one of my questions is, doesn't Paul do it? <laughs> go on. What do like, you mean? Aren't there letters, am I making this up? Doesn't he say in some letters, you know... Greetings, you know, send this greet, you know, greetings to other people as well. Yes, yes. So, <laughs> sorry, where are you in the Bible? Um, Philippians. <laughs> uh, oh, here it is. Philippians four, yeah, twenty-one. Yes. Greet every saint in Christ Jesus. <laughs> the brothers who are uh, with me greet you. Yeah. All the saints greet you, especially those of Caesar's household. So you can imagine, like, Paul's, like, writing his letter in the corner. Yeah, and then and people the, going, and the like, brothers, the brothers that are with him are like, hey, Paul, can you just put in a little... <laughs> and you're just like, look, they just send greetings. Yeah. But it's like, Romans 16, he's listing all these people. Yeah. Like, greet, 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 yeah. greet. He's like, Philippians, look, just greet all of them. Yeah. And Paul's probably like, yeah, no, no, I'll, I'll, I'll say hello. And then they probably come over and look over his shoulder and like, you didn't write it. Can you, like, can you put it in? And he's like, all right, fine. I'll write it small. <laughs> Jack, I hope we've uh, provided some insights there. Thank you for your mm. awkward question. But, you know, Jack, I, I think I, I, I have great trust that you you know what to do in this situation. Mm, yes. That's it. Well, there we go for some emails. James, just to, just to wrap us up, what have you been thinking about mulling on? What have you been generating in that brain? Well, uh, Viv and I recently um, have started doing some marriage prep oh, for cool. someone. So, excuse me, for someone's. Right, helping um, someone prep yes. for marriage. Yeah, yep. that's right. It's been a real joy um, to do that. Uh, I talked to some people about well, what are some things that they find helpful to, um, to run through. Uh, and then I did this Prepare Enrich Facilitators course. Did you do Prepare Enrich in your... I think I did. Prep? Yeah, did a survey. Yeah, yes. questionnaire. Yeah, yeah, that sort of gives you a bit of a lay of the land of yeah. how your relationship is. And it's interesting because they go to lengths to say, this is not a test where you pass or fail. Yeah. This is meant to be a, a check-in on how your relationship is and what are some hot spots and things you can work on. Because yeah. everyone has things that you can work on. Mm. So that's been a real joy. Uh, to do that, uh, and I was uh, wondering, um, you know, uh, depending on how competitive couples might be, if, uh, if, if and when I will approach, uh, come across a couple who's like, 
I need to score well on this test. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, I need to do well on this test. Yeah. Um, and, and you know, you, you, you're meant to tell the two people, you know, don't, don't talk about your answers. Yeah. Like, it's, you're not meant to correspond. But, you know, what will happen one day, Pip, if I find out that a couple, you know... We're working together on it. We're working together on it. Yeah. What do you do in that? Like, you know, if it's at school and they um, do that, you fail them, right? That's right. But in marriage prep, you make them do it again, probably. Is that what you do? I don't know. It does show... It, it's actually a good sign. Maybe that's the ultimate test. Mm-hmm. That if they disobey you and work together, that's the ultimate golden pass. It's like, yes, you're ready. <laughs> it's like... Well, is it, so you're it's, saying it's a good thing? Yeah, it's like a Karate Kid moment where it's like, <laughs> you've passed the test and you've colluded on the results. <laughs> You are ready for marriage. <laughs> you have more allegiance to each other that's than right. you do to James and Viv. <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's the golden ticket. Yeah. At that point, <laughs> that's, that's, that's funny. <laughs> at that point, you're just like, how helpful are these results? Yeah. Here, as yeah. we go through it. Yeah. But anyway, it's been a real joy. I wonder though, what, yes. like, what will you do if the results come back and they're completely different? Do you like, yes. is it like one of those, you know, moments like a doctor has to, you know, give some bad news. You're like, I'm sorry, but it's just not going to work out. <laughs> Well, that's the thing, right? So it's, it's, there are these, you know, without getting too into it, like that, like in terms of the facilitator side, there are particular things that can tell you about um, how well you're going. One of the things that's really interesting that I learned is that you can have like complete disalignment on mm. like interests, um, how you rest. But if you have s- super strong alignment on commitment mm. and core spiritual values, mm. Your marriage can work. Mm. Yeah, nice. Which is fascinating because I was making like I think I knew this already, but then to have research because they have like thousands of data sets where they've looked at this, yeah. and people can have wildly different personality styles, but uh, if they major on commitment, major on core spiritual values, the marriage will work. Mm. Sorry, can work. Um, which we shouldn't be surprised by that. Mm. Yeah. yeah, yeah, totally. There you go. That's what I've been thinking about. What awesome. about you, Pip? Um, okay, so I've been thinking, I've been watching a bit of a Dragon's Den, or Shark Tank. Yes. Right? Yes. You were telling me about this on Friday. I, so I told you about one idea that I came up with, which was... Your idea, yes. My idea, which is basically masterclass, like yes. you see on Facebook. But except, HSC. Except yeah. for HSC students, and yes. get other HSC students to teach it, um, you know, copyright. I came up with another, I'm not sure if I told you this idea, but I came up with this business idea. Yes. Which is crowdfunding uh, debates between people. And it's, so it's kind of like what you do is people can put up like two or three or four or multi, like a panel of people that they want to see have a debate on an issue. And they, so they, they have their um, nominated people that they want to see debate, the topic, mm. and people crowdfund it. Yeah, wow. Yes. To make it happen. Yes. And you, as the person are then responsible to get in touch with those people that they've mentioned. Yes. Say what, like, this person's created, like, a crowdfunding thing. What's the, uh, how much would you need to be paid in order to do it? Yeah. Where would you like to do it? What are some of the, and work together to actually get it going. And then once, and, and, it's, and then you go back to the person who's inputted the idea and say they want these amounts and this is where they want to do it and they help them edit their thing. Mm. People raise money for it. You make it happen. Yes, it's like a, it's like the boxing. Um, what they do with boxing matches, don't they? Like you get a sponsor, 
to try to get two people in a ring together yeah, and you yeah. need like crowd support yeah. but debates a UFC of debating <laughs> you can have an octagon UDC ultimate debating championships yes and you an get, octagon you get an octagon with a cage yes. and you get people in and they sit there <laughs> And on the table, and they just debate, and they have rounds. Yes. And they have like, you know, 10 minute rounds. Yes. Boom, go. And it's like free for all, yes. right? Yes. And then you have an audience, audience votes on yes. objectively who do they think is the strongest in this debate. Yes. That could be fun. I agree. I guess there's a question of how do you pick the audience so they don't just stack the votes. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think though. So I'm getting I, too nitty gritty. No, yeah, no, no. That, that's good. I think I would be the uh, the judge. You would be the because at the end of the day, yes. With UFC, yes. They have they have referees, they have judges, yes, yes. and um, if it's not a knockout, which I guess in debate equivalent is someone just like flips the table and leaves <laughs> the stage, that's a knockout. Yeah. But um, if it's not a knockout, then the judges have to decide. Yes. And they they work together. So what I would probably get me and like two two other people, could yes. be you and someone else, yes, yes, yes. and we kind of judge and we go we go on the stage and we say, you know, winner by, <laughs> you know, forty three to yes. forty two, and hold up the hand of the winner, <laughs> and the crowd's like, boo. <laughs> that could be good. Yeah, I'm just imagining, you know, Las Vegas. There, um, I've never been to Las. Have you been to Vegas before? No, I have not. But, like, as I understand, in Vegas, they, you know, have boxing fights or they have special events or whatnot. They can't do that stuff now because of COVID. Yeah. So, we have a new, like, welcome to the Mandalay Bay UDC title fight number one. Let's get ready to argue. Yes. <laughs> oh, I love it. Who would be the first? Who would, who, if you could pick any two people in the world to debate each other, Ooh. who would you pick? Oh, wow. A really good question. I would want to get John Lennox. Yeah. And oh man, come on, give me another person. John Lennox well, doesn't have to be a Christian person. He's it's just al- like he's already deb- like he's got debates on um with with Richard Dawkins and yes. Christopher Hitchens. Yes, yes, yes. But you see, Lawrence I feel like Krauss. having cross discipline. Right, debating each other. Debating would be fascinating. I would like... Okay, I reckon I've got it. John Dixon. Yeah. Joe Rogan. Oh, there you go. That wouldn't be a debate. They'd just have a wonderful conversation. I I, I reckon John Dixon would be like, Joe, why... You know, you believe in all these things and you're open to conspiracy. You're open to, you know believing weird wild stuff have you ever actually explored the historical and joe rogan would ask the everyday questions yes, yes, yes that yes. you you really want to be asked like okay what's the evidence come on tell me what's the evidence like how yes. how did you get that yes. how strong is it yes. let's go i reckon that could be really good well you know what though you're pretty much just saying you want to take the joe rogan podcast and make it big like you make it accessible to everyone and add a bit of Bit of money and glitz. Wouldn't that be time. ironic if Joe if Joe Rogan got in the octagon yes. and did his own podcast? <laughs> like not for MMA. Yeah, that's right. No, no. Um, yeah, maybe maybe that. I don't know. It's it's really interesting. I was just listening to a few guys talking about universities, and universities used to be, you know, a whole bunch of people, um, in different faculties, sure, but they would cross shoulders with each or brush shoulders with each other, and like 
talk about how their bits of knowledge affect different disciplines. Mm. And actually, theology and philosophy used to be the things that were overseeing all of that because theology and philosophy actually has a concern about every single discipline of knowledge. But nowadays, that's not how a university runs. Every faculty is separate. They do their mm-hmm. own thing. Yep. There's like, you know, their own knowledge. But, you know, like bringing together the brightest minds in every field and having them talk to each other, mm. that'd be awesome. That'd be cool. Yeah. I'm just trying to think of anyone else. No, I don't know. Like, I know, I know some lecturers from Sydney Uni who I thought were brilliant and mm. I'd love to see them talk to, yeah, like a John Lennox or something. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, there you go. Mm. Hmm. Maybe like, maybe like Andrew Heard and like someone, someone else in Churchland about like what's the best model of church or something like that. Yeah, yeah, that's right, that's right. So like having, having a space for ministry leaders to, not debate, but more just constructively sort of yeah interrogate yeah. each other's way of doing things. Yeah. With a view towards the common end of honouring God. Yeah. That'd yeah. be awesome. Yeah. Anyway, that's my Shark Tank idea. There you go. I will fund you. <laughs> <laughs> What's the line they use? Like, um, they, they say I'm out a lot. Oh, I'm out. It's like, for all those reasons, I'm out. I, yeah, won't, nice. I won't be investing today. That's funny. Um, all right. This has been a wonderful conversation. Yeah. Um, fun. Feel free to email us again at thebibleboys at gmail.com and that's the Bible Boys with the Z. Um, and, and listeners, please uh, please tell your friends about us. Friends, family. There's uh, a lot of uh, joy that can be shared. A lot of fun that can be had. A lot of Bible to mm. be edified by. Mm, that's it. But the might, the magic, the wonder, the gift of the Bible Boys. See you next week. Mm-hmm.